What's going on, y'all? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. If this is your first time listening, welcome to the podcast. My apologies for yesterday. Yesterday's podcast went AWOL, uh, AFK for gamers. You all know what that means. Uh, it wasn't pretty. It sounded like Alvin and the Chipmunks drank about three bangs and tried to speak a whole book in about five minutes. It was whack. Anyways, this is a re-recording of yesterday's podcast. Today is November 3rd, 2022. It's going to be a fantastic podcast today. If you haven't already, if you enjoy this content and the overall conversation, please subscribe, leave a rating. All that helps me out a ton. We're going to get straight into around the world today. I got Mariners. I got Seahawks. I got Kraken to finish today. I got a World Series breakdown of the game that it was yesterday. No, I don't have to talk about the, the, the no-hitter that it was last night. That's going to be for the next podcast. Apologies. I'm a day behind, but technical difficulties are a you-know-what. Phillies played lights out baseball in uh, game three of the World Series uh, winning 7-0. Bryce Harper home runs as well by uh, Alec Bohm, Brandon, uh, Caveman Marsh, Reese Capital or Mini Prince Hoskins and Kyle Schwarby hitting an absolute Schwarb tank to center field. Schwarbatron. I have so many nicknames for Kyle Schwarber. I'm th- I'm jealous of his build. He's got nice overall physique. I know I'm a weird one. Anyways, <laughs> pitching was was sensational. Uh, Suarez was great. Um, plenty of good things go around the board for the Phillies in this game. Bryce Harper. You'll never have to buy a beer. A sandwich. Hell, they'll probably make five sandwiches based off of your beautiful physique and your beautiful ability to hit home runs. I don't, I'm talking about men, men's physiques. I'm cracked out on coffee. It's a great, beautiful day here in the in the Pacific Northwest. Snow is incoming as we speak. NFL trade deadline uh, this last week was absolutely bonkers. It was the busiest draft day in the history of the NFL. For those who do not know, there were 10 total trades on draft day that set a record for the NFL. TJ Hawkinson going to the Vikings for a handful of picks is going to be interesting, especially with the Vikings losing out on Irv Smith to a high ankle sprain. It came out about an hour or so after the trade was confirmed via Adam Schefter that Irv Smith suffered a high ankle sprain that will cost him 8 to 10 weeks on the IL. Most likely his season will be done, which is why they went out and got TJ Hawkinson. Really interesting that we had an interconference trade. Those usually don't happen. Um, I think there's, from what I understand, uh, based upon the Twitterverse and all that stuff that I've been able to dig, that the conversation and relationship between the Vikings and the Lions has been really positive for the last few years, and that's why this was able to happen. Obviously, the the Lions would never trade TJ Hawkinson to, to Green Bay because there's no love. Nobody in the NFC North gives a crap about Green Bay or Aaron Rodgers. People who follow this podcast know how I feel about Aaron Rodgers lately. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Hawkinson can produce. Fantasy owners are going to be in a state of peril and anxiety trying to figure out, is it going to be current TJ Hawkinson or is it going to be the TJ Hawkinson that has been the last few years where inconsistency and then pops off for a 25-point game, 100 yards, and a couple of tutties. Bradley Chubb went to Miami as well as Jeff Wilson Jr. Uh, News this morning came out that Bradley Chubb signed to an extension. I will get into the details of that on the following podcast. Probably will come out tomorrow. If I get extra time today, I'll have that up for you guys today as well so I can get back on track for y'all. Calvin Ridley going to Jacksonville is very interesting. Uh, interesting, uh, The little side note about this that really kind of piqued my interest was that when Calvin Ridley was suspended for betting on games, he bet when the Jacksonville Jaguars were playing his Atlanta Falcons, and now he's been traded from the Falcons to the Jaguars. So I'm not going to call it karma, but it's a very uh, 
coincidental kind of a trade. Calvin Ridley is one of the best route runners in football when he was healthy and able to play. He's going to be fantastic. He's going to allow Christian Kirk to stretch down the field, do what he does best. And uh, now they just got to get another big receiver. I thought DJ Chark was going to be it. They didn't keep him. Uh, Marvin Jones, I don't believe, is still there anymore. I could be wrong on that. But they're definitely needing a big body receiver to complement the rest of these guys. Jacksonville is continuing to build as well as Miami. Miami looks dangerous on paper right now. So I'll keep my eyes out on that as we keep going. Naeem Hines went to Buffalo for a fifth-round pick. That's going to be a very interesting uh, deep running back room between De Devin Singletary, Zach Moss, uh, the I think it's James Cook and then Naeem Hines. This probably means that Cook goes to the practice squad. I don't know how that works uh, on the, in the ins and outs of the details with the fact that Cook was indeed drafted. I believe he was a fourth-round pick, third or fourth-round pick out of Florida State. So it's going to be curious to see what happens if they have to release him or something along those lines. But I'll keep my ear down to the ground like I always do for you guys. Okay, sorry. We're uh, continuing to battle some technical stuff today, but we're, we're going to work our way through this. Um, Chase Claypool going to the Bears. I'm going to talk about this for a, a couple of minutes here because there is some deeper significance to this in my personal opinion. Um, so obviously he went for a second round draft pick. That second round draft pick they traded for Chase, Chase Claypool was what they acquired in the trade for Roquan Smith uh, going to Baltimore. And uh, Green Bay Packers do nothing. Absolutely nothing. And Aaron Rodgers is literally, I called it, ladies and gentlemen, for those who don't know, he's on the Pat McAfee show every single freaking week. And he says, and I quote, oh, you know, uh, be nice. I don't know what we're going to do at the trade deadline, but it sure would be great for able to add some additions to this offense. Blah, 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 blah. And you know, and Pat McAfee is like, oh, yeah, Aaron. Yeah, Aaron. That's great, Aaron. Uh, well, is there any specific name you're wanting? Can you give us some inside detail? Because it just makes the show even that much better. And Aaron's like, nah, I just kind of want a wide receiver because mine just kind of suck. You know, I'm just I'm paraphrasing, but this is pretty much what Aaron Rodgers has been talking about all season. You know, the days of Jory Nelson, Donald Driver, uh, Greg Jennings. It's gone. There's no more, you know, Devontae Adams, of course. It's gone. There is nothing. You know, they have Christian Watkins, which I believe is still hurt. Uh, he was their second round draft pick out of NDSU, played with Trey Lance. Be curious to see what becomes of that. But Chase Claypool, the Bears were supposedly very close to, or the, excuse me, the Packers were very close to getting Chase Claypool. And then the Packer, or the, excuse me, man, I am way cracked out today on coffee. My apologies. <laughs> but, uh, it's going to be interesting, though. I anticipate Chase Claypool is going to get a contract extension in, uh, for the Bears. This gives Justin Fields a big body target. Let's Darnell Mooney become a true to number two. In Green Bay, it sucks to suck. It just does. I feel I don't feel any bad. My buddy, Man O'Brien, shout out there. Uh, one of my few Packer friends that I know, my cousin Colton, shout out to you too, bud, um, that are you know Green Bay Lambeau fans. I'm sorry, but your, your team is bad. B-A-D caps bad. And I don't know where it's going to start to, to fix it. I really don't. I have been a huge Aaron Rodgers Green Bay fan for most of my life. I was a Brett Favre fan. I was a Donald Driver fan. I was a Greg Jennings fan. Um, You know, there they've been a surplus of, of, of good players. Great players come through Green Bay. But they've been so focused on the defensive side of the football for years on end now that their wide receiver core is so thin. They rely on, they have Sammy freaking Watkins who's like 33 years old, who hasn't done a damn thing, I don't know how many years. And I, yeah, I mean, I kind of get why Aaron's upset, but you know what, Aaron? This is what happens when you take that two years, $50 million AAV average contract, because then they can't spend money on anybody else, but you're bum ass. So, sucks to suck, Aaron. 
and uh, maybe you should go talk to your girlfriend and smoke some more ayahuasca and figure out if you can find the true meaning of love when you ain't got no wide receivers to throw the, the love for. Oh, and speaking of love, I'm sure Jordan loves feeling that love inside of the background. <laughs> Call clap. Chase Edmonds running back goes to Denver. Uh, not a surprising move here uh, for Denver, especially for the fact that uh, Latavius Murray is not going to get it done. Mike Boone is pretty much a nobody. It's 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 pretty bad. It's, there's not much going on there, unfortunately, in Denver for, you know, fortunately for Seahawks fans, because obviously the more games they lose, sweetens our draft pick. And I could go on and on about that, which I will do draft uh, for those who have been asking. And I appreciate some of the shout outs uh, lately and some, and some comments. I will be doing draft analysis, breakdowns, draft comparisons, NFL uh, draft pick stacks, all that stuff. When we get closer to, to the draft, it's going to be really exciting. So much stuff to, to, to get into with that. But that's going to be way down the road here. We got plenty of football to, to, to talk about. I got to give some love real quick to my bud Jody John out there in Pennsylvania. He's like, hey, bro, can you please talk some Eagles? I'm going to talk some Eagles for a minute because hot damn are they a good football team. Nick Sirianni's got that team playing phenomenal football. This is the best I've seen the Eagles look since like prime Donovan McNabb, Terrell Owens, um, Brian Westbrook. Oh, Brian Westbrook. Gee, golf claps. Beautiful. Um, this is exactly what I want to see. I want to see a team beat the crap out of the Dallas Cowboys. Beat the crap out of everybody else that needs to stand our way. I would love to see a Seahawk-Philly game. I probably would pick the Philly of the, 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 the Eagles. I have to. I'm a Seahawk homer. I love my blue and green. Don't get me wrong. But they better than us. Jalen Hurts. Oh, good Lord. Lord Jesus, as Stephen A. Smith would say. That boy is balling out of his mind. He has to be number, I would say, probably number two. I'm trying to think like realistic M MVP. It's going to be him or Josh Allen right now uh, for that. But they're, they're playing some phenomenal football. They went out. They traded for uh, Robert Quinn from the, the Bears. And they're going to stack up. They're going to be mean. They're going to rush the quarterback a, a little bit better. I saw that Jordan Davis, their big boy out of Georgia, their first-round draft pick, he's got an ankle sprain. He's out this week. That's going to be a loss, but you still got Fletcher Cox. You got big boys inside the middle of that that can handle this. So the Eagles are going to be a dangerous football team all season, pending injury, knock on wood. Hopefully that, that doesn't happen. But if, uh, if I'm looking at a potential thing that they want to work on, everybody knows, obviously, fantasy owners included, after last week, that A.J. Brown is no joke. He is one of the top 10 best wide receivers in football right now this current year, no question. He's better than D.K. Metcalf. Um, I put him right up there with like Justin Jefferson right now. He's playing sensational football. He's catching everything that that's thrown to him. Dallas Goddard is really opening up the middle of that field for, for, for Jalen Hurts. It's not forcing them to be one a one-dimensional team. It's going to be really curious to see how they finish the season. I don't have exactly any, uh, a schedule breakdown and kind of give you a prediction on that, but I will be doing that as we get closer on throughout the season towards the second half. Um, but they're in a great spot right now. The NFC East is really good overall. Washington's playing pretty decent football. Obviously, the Giants are having a really good year this year. Uh, the Cowboys are doing cowboy-like things. They can't figure out whether or not the sun rises from up and down. You can ask Harry Irving about that. 
but fly eagles fly on the road to victory baby that's for you jode okay so with that being said i got a couple more things from around the world we're bouncing out to mariners positional spotlight today in here in just a minute nets have officially or or not I'm, I'm for those who have seen this it's not you know breaking news i'm about a day behind steve nash was released or relieved of his duties from the brooklyn nets there was a little bit of discord between him and kevin durant sean marks that whole organization was not pretty kyrie irving can't keep his mouth shut if his grandmama begged him to um but i'm not going to get into that that's a very dark convoluted conversation i don't know enough about what's going on i'll be honest i know it's big news right now but i'm not diving into that that's not what i do i don't dig into the big politics um, I only talk about things I research on. I know my facts. So I just wanted to toss that out there. I can't throw jokes about Kyrie Irving because he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room, but I think he's about the dumbest one in general. Ime Udoka, who was the previous head coach for the Boston Celtics before the investigation came out within internally, not with the NBA, specifically within the Boston Celtics organization about his uh, relationship that became sexual with one of their employees, which apparently violated uh, or... I don't know if it was a relationship. I don't know if it was specifically the dirty language or the dirty actions that were going on between both of these adult people. I don't know because I don't, I don't know enough facts. But what I do know is that Yudoka took the Celtics team to the finals last year. And you look at the talent on this team for Brooklyn. They have Kevin Durant. Obviously, they have Kyrie Irving. They have Ben Simmons. They have plenty of pieces that are plenty good enough to be a good, solid playoff team. If Yudoka comes in, which has not been announced formally yet, we're about... 28 hours I think on this wait right now to see whether or not this does happen the initial report was that he, this was supposed to be announced within 24 to 48 hours so I'll be curious to whether or not it comes out within the next day or half a day I'll keep my ear down to the ground for you guys on that <clears throat> excuse me top NFL draft prospect Nolan Jones defensive end pass rusher out of the University of Georgia Tore his bicep muscle, unfortunately, this last week at the game at the University of Florida. His timetable to return for the NFL Draft Combine is, quote, fluid. This is going to be something to monitor as he is clearly, clearly one of the top five best prospects in football. Last season, he was in the conversation with C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, uh, Will Anderson out of Alabama. This is going to be really curious to see what's going to happen to become of that injury he is an incredibly talented player his teammate Jalen Carter is also in that top five conversation you might see him slide a little bit but it all depends upon how he heals how he comes back from his injury that's going to be TBD until we get more information on that and then finally I got to give a love the shout out all the respect in the world to the man the machine the legend that is Albert Pujols, as he officially retired and filed his paperwork yesterday in with for uh, for Major League Baseball's office. Albert Pujols, I could never, I could take a thirty-minute podcast talking about you, and it wouldn't be enough. You are one of my favorite players in the history of baseball. You're one of the greatest players in the history of baseball. You are one of the best players on and off the diamond on a daily, consistent, yearly basis. Doesn't matter what city you went to, if you went from you know. Uh, St. Louis, and then you go out to the Angels, right? All this stuff. You are an absolute stalwart. You're a wonderful man. You're a great mentor for so many other young kids and, you know, different uh, generations and eras of baseball. Now you have kids like Tatis, uh, Acuna, Julio Rodriguez, uh, Juan Soto, all the cups to this guy because he is the legend. He is baseball personified. Uh, from, from, from his country. I apologize if it's not the Dominican Republic. I think it's Venezuela. That's my bad. Um, but the fact and the point of the matter is simple. Albert Pujols 
is a legend. He has a plaque and his his uh his name and his stamp on Cooperstown is awaiting him. 296 batting average. 2218 hits. 703 home runs. What a career for the man, the machine, the legend that is Albert Pujols and will for always be Mr. Cardinal. Thank you Albert for everything. You are uh more than words can ever put into for so many people like myself who are baseball is our one true love and uh, you have been an incredible player and it's been a true pri- privilege to watch you play for how, for as many years as you were able to do so okay everybody that is around the world for today it is a lengthy one uh a little bit longer than what i usually do but i had to toss a couple in ideas that people were asking for so Thank you for those people who sent me those requests for what they wanted to hear. I will be continuing to do that. I'll, uh, also, a little bit of an update for you guys for who are listening to this. I'm going to be tossing up stuff on Twitter on my uh, on my ha- on my handle capital P N W Professor. I'm going to be doing Mailbag Mondays. Uh, so a lot of people like to hear this kind of stuff. I want to hear about your questions. What am I looking at? Um, what are my favorite stories so far this year through the NFL? Um, you want to talk about Kraken? You want to talk about Seahawks? You want to talk about Mariners? You want to talk about Storm? You want to talk about, hell, I'm Sounders. I know nothing about soccer, but I'll do it for you guys because I'm trying to build this brand, build, build this podcast. And uh, a lot of other podcasts similar to mine get a pretty good response on Mailbag Mondays or Fan Fiction Fridays. Uh, for Fan Fiction Fridays, if you guys are interested in that, I'll be doing specifically Mariners trade breakdown proposals. So if you want me to do those, please send me a tweet or just uh, tweet at me, capital PNW Professor. You'll see my picture on there. It's like uh, during peak COVID with me with a mask on. I will be updating that so you can see my pearly face and all that good jazz. So if you're interested in that, please reach out to me. I really am trying to uh, encourage more feedback from my listeners so I can get a more of a responsive back and forth communication makes the world better on all sides for all of us. So, And with that being said, speaking of Fan Fiction Fridays and all that good stuff in Mariners, let's get into our positional spotlight today for the Seattle Mariners. It is one player, Eugenio Suarez. Good vibes only. He came to Seattle in the offseason via a trade that included Jesse Winker. That trade was for Brandon Williams and Jake Fraley, Justin Dunn. He was essentially the money toss-in because Cincinnati got tired of paying the money left on his contract because he was having some health issues, was having some issues with his overall fielding. The bat was down. The value was down. The Mariners saw this opportunity and said, I think we can fix this guy. Do a couple of small tweaks to him, and he could return right back to the beautiful prime form that he was. And oh, did he ever do that. Eugenio Suarez for that contract, for those who don't know, two years left on his deal after the last current year that we just got done uh, playing. $22 million is left. That's an A11 AAV. That is an average value of salary per year. This is an absolute steal of a deal from Jerry, Scott, Justin, everybody included, right? He has become a city favorite, a fan favorite. His constant love, his dedication to this team, to to baseball, to the city, his fun-loving nature and consistent play made him a a city favorite, a fan favorite. Uh, He's been one of my favorite Mariners in free agency between him and Nelson Cruz. Is really a close one for me. I am a huge, massive Nelson Cruz fan. He's one of my favorite Seattle uh, athletes of all time. And the fact that he came to us, he embraced his city with open arms. He was so thankful to be here. was such a fresh relief for us after all the people that have come here and say, Oh, I'm going to go to Seattle. Oh, I'm going to go to Seattle. Then, you know, I'm not going to get into the list of those people. But if, we, I don't know. but if you are a Mariners fan, you know who I'm talking about. The list goes on and on and on. He came to us 
Suarez, after the year that we said goodbye and thank you and a farewell to Kyle Seager, the legend that was third base for us for so many years, over a decade. He we, he came, excuse me, a stalwart within the locker room. So many guys referenced to him, young and, you know, young, old, doesn't matter. He became the true bona fide leader of this clubhouse. Not Marco Gonzalez, not Mitch Hanniger, not uh, Julio Wright. Is not J.P. Crawford. It was a Eugenio Suarez. When they're ready to, bu- you know, to bust off the caps of that champagne, Scott looks at one person and says, "Are you ready?" And it's a Eugenio Suarez because he is the gear. He is the motor that drives the engine for this team. And I cannot thank him enough for how great of a fit and a player and a mentor and a leader he has been for this team, for the city, for this fan base, for everybody included. God bless you, a Eugenio Suarez, for being a great man. Just great, man. Here's some stats for he had for last season. Real quick, I'm going to do a little bit of a breakdown as to why I'm looking at this. 236 average, 31 dingers, 87 ribs, 791 OPS, 4.0 war wins, wins above replacement. For those who don't know, OPS means on-base percentage plus slugging. Eugenio Suarez's career batting average is 250. He had a down year as far as batting average goes, but he still was able to bounce back in the power and the power uh, area. He had a good overall production. He's probably ideally your like five or six hole hitter behind your your cleanup. Uh, hopefully they're able to deepen this lineup out throughout the offseason. I'll be getting into that all kinds of stuff when we get closer towards free agency and when we're in Jerry and Scott and Justin time. But it's going to be a great time. There's so many good upside upside things coming for this organization. This is just the beginning, the tip of the iceberg. We haven't gotten to the meat of it, anything yet. And this is a truly great time to be a Seattle Mariners fan. And I'm blessed to, to be one. And what was supposed to be from the outside, a toss-in and a piece and a trade, Eugenio Suarez now finds himself as the sole leader of the Seattle Mariners, the heart and soul of our locker room. For years to, to come, well done, Jerry. You did it again. All right, everybody, that's going to be your Mariners positional spotlight today. I'm going to transfer right into the Hawks, and then we're going to finish up with the Kraken. Geno Smith, y'all, needs to be within the MVP conversation. This has got to happen. Geno freaking Smith, man. Geno Smith, West Virginia, gets cracked in the face by a New York Jets defensive end. I think it was like Jabari Zaninga or something. I don't know. I don't remember the exact name. I apologize. I'm trying to dig for that, but it's not coming easily. These are the stats on Geno Smith. This is why I'm talking MVP Geno. 1,924 passing yards, 13 tutties, three picks, baby. Passer rating of 107.2. That's second best in the NFL behind Josh freaking Allen. Gino Smith. Gino. We love you, Gino. God bless you, Gino. If your name's Gino in Seattle, oh, baby, you ain't paying for a coffee or a salmon filet or nothing that's going to be a good time. This young offensive line, ballin' for the Seahawks. Abe Lucas, Charles Cross, Damian Lewis, Austin Blythe, uh, Phil Haynes, um... Gabe Jackson. These these guys are playing phenomenal football. But I gotta give straight love and shout out to these rookie tackles because they have fo- they are flying through this season and passing it with flying colors. Right, Abe Lucas and Charles Cross are stalwarts on both sides of the offensive line now. The pockets have been so clean, so easy, so free. This is a pivotal part of the success for Geno Smith with his MVP start to, to campaign to the season. Giving him a time in the world and the amount of time that Gino needs to correctly read the defense, seeing what they're trying to offer him and give him, throw him and make the correct play, 
and choice call. This is what's allowing the Seahawks to be on schedule, to be on time, to not be behind the chains constantly like we've seen for years on end. Abe Lucas is now becoming an elite right tackle in his rookie year. Last game, 41, uh, 41 snaps, or I think it was 41 opportunities, zero pressures. And as an offensive lineman out of Wazoo, go Cougs, baby. The Hawks uh, were pretty quiet on trade deadline day. Uh, defensive back, oh man, it's sad for me to say it. Sidney Jones had to be cut, and I like Sidney Jones. UW product, go dogs, dog up, dog nation. Um, there just wasn't much of any playing time for Sidney Jones. Unfortunately, that's just because of how good Treek Wool and Kobe Bryant's been playing. Michael Jackson's earned his spot being the hammer on on this defense. It's gonna be interesting how quickly uh, quickly back Trey Brown can get uh, on recovering from his major injury that he's been coming back from. I cannot remember if it's a patellar tendon or if it's an ACL. That's my apologies. But there is plenty of DB depth in this room right now. They like Isaiah Dunn a lot too. They got him off of the scrap heap off waivers too. So be curious of what they kind of kind of do with that reclamation project for, for Seattle. But um, I do not have injury updates on this podcast. I will have that on tomorrow's pod because we're already almost to 30 minutes today and I don't like to push any more than 30 for you, for you guys. Um, but... Quack, uh, quick update. I want to say quack, quack update for for, for, for for the Kraken. Get the dub 5-4 over Calgary the other night. Goals by Matty Beneers, Morgan Geeky, Yanni Gord, Daniel Sprong, and my favorite name on this team, Oliver Bjorkstrand, two assists. Matty Beneers, you're a dog. You are a 19. You can't even have a point. You can't even go out with the beers with the guys. You can sure as heck be, be the DD and be that good, you know, role that everybody needs to have and they go out and have fun. God bless you, Matty Beneers. You're a great, talented two-way center. I hear Mike Salk talk about it at length all the time. I'm still learning a ton about this ho this hockey stuff. I really honestly don't understand much of it, but uh, when I get more comfortable with it, I'll kind of, kind of give you some more insights, give you what I hear from John Forsland and the color commentating crew. They do a great job for the Kraken. So with that being said, you guys, that's going to be today's podcast. We're almost at about 28 minutes today. Uh, thank you so much for everybody taking the time out of your day. Hopefully this one finishes up well. Uh, apologies again for the technical difficulties that happened yesterday with sound like Alvin and the Chipmunks drank, drank about a 12 pack of bangs and try to read you a short story in about five minutes. It was a hot mess. <laughs> So hope today turns out better. Hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe, leave a rating. Uh, tell all your friends, tell your family about, about this podcast. If you just want a friendly little conversation to listen to. And uh, this is a small town kid name, just trying to make, make for big world things. So I'll catch you guys either later today or we'll do one tomorrow. I'll keep you guys updated. Have a great day. Peace.